Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? I want to welcome you all in the house of the Lord. We get to gather together today and worship. It is a beautiful Sunday. We've had some great weather this weekend, haven't we? We had a little bit of showers, I think, Friday night or, or Friday morning. Um, but, oh my goodness, the day yesterday was just so beautiful. Uh, we have so many things going on in the life of the church that we just want to bring um, to light this morning for you all. We are doing a blood drive today. Um, so if you have been told before you have good veins, if you have been told before that they appreciate your blood, um, this is for you. If you have not been told that before, there's a first time for everything, and this is for you. So <laughs> um, if uh, you would be interested in donating blood this morning, um, we do have that going on. All blood types are needed right now, and I believe that that will be right out in our parking lot. It'll be in the large bus. We're also getting started back with our noontime concert series. So if you've been with us for a little while, you're familiar with that. Um, I know that we took a break during COVID, so if you've joined us since then, this is something that we enjoy doing, our noontime concert series. We are featuring the key um, um, choral chamber singers on October 13th, so that is coming up this week on Wednesday. Um, there will be a nice meal prior and then the concert following. Um, also, Dr. Cleo LaRue is going to be joining us again. Uh, Dr. Cleo LaRue will be preaching for us next Sunday at all three services, uh, so we hope that you'll join us back for that. And then also we have our annual chili cook-off coming up, which is pretty exciting. Um, it was something that I know that has kind of shifted since COVID, but our Wednesday Night Live series is going to continue on with our chili uh, cook-off on October 22nd, or excuse me, 27th. Um, so church members um, gather together Bring in your best pot of chili. See if you can be ranked number one. Um, it is an exciting uh, opportunity for us to get to come together, eat a whole bunch of chili, uh, and see who may be the best chef, at least when it comes to chili. Um, but if you would like to participate in that, we ask that you just please RSVP by October 25th. So that's just a couple days prior. Um, and you can do that by reserving your space either on our website or just by calling our front office. Both of those are an option for you. And then also, we are going to be doing a, fl a free blood pressure check on October 24th, so that's two weeks from this Sunday. So if that interests you, that will be directly before and after this service in our uh, chapel reception room. So this small little building um, right over here, uh, it will be in that reception room for us. So if that's interest of you, um, on October 24th, you can come a little early or stay a little late and uh, go ahead and get your blood pressure checked for that. And then, of course, we have Trivia Night on October 25th. That is always a whole lot of fun. That will be in the Palm Center. It is $5 per person, uh, but it is, it is a blast. Uh, grab some friends and make sure to join for that because um, it's just always a whole lot of fun when we get to gather together and uh, quiz ourselves on random knowledge. So, um, one last thing for you all before we go ahead and get started this morning, that is that our contemporary media team, so that crew in the back there, if you look back, they're all going to duck down. <laughs> there are a couple of them back there. Um, it may look cramped, but we are kind of shifting around, so we are looking for a little bit more volunteers. So everything from running the cameras, that gets to bring our online service to life, um, to mixing different microphones or instruments together. Uh, it's a great way for those with an artistic eye 
or an artistic ear to get to play a role in our contemporary service. And while it is the media team, not all jobs do require you to be a tech expert, believe it or not. Um, so the lyrics and slides that you see on the screen are also done um, by our incredible media team. And that is a simple but crucial role. Um, so if you're interested in looking um, more into the media team and learning more information and potentially plugging in that way, um, please uh, make sure to talk with Matt Lydell. Lydell. Matt, can you wave your hand? Matt is in the back there. Um, so you can talk with him after service. You can also send him an email anytime during the week um, if you are interested in jumping in with our media team. But they have a lot of fun back there too. Um, so with all of that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started with worship this morning. And as we get started with worship, if you would please stand where you're at, conscious of where everyone is at um, as we continue to transition out of COVID, uh, please greet one another either with a polite wave or a shake of the hand, um, but say good morning. We're glad you're here. Tell somebody they look great today. Happy Sunday. Um, let us worship. Good morning, everybody. Be 
that time in worship where I just want to re- remind you all of the different ways that we can be supporting our ministries here at Church of the Palms and our mission to love God and love neighbor. There are baskets on the back tables um, that you pass on your way in and you will pass again on your way out. Um, but if you call Church of the Palms home and you call Church of the Palms your family and um, your people and your community, then we just want to remind you that there are several other ways that we can be giving as well through texting, um, through our website, all of which have made all of which have been made uh, very user friendly. And if this is your first time, or maybe your second time joining us this morning, uh, then we just encourage you to just take in the service um, and enjoy what we have in store for you today. So, with that being said, I want to go ahead and invite my mic runners up, who have been very excited to get to mic run. <laughs> you know, I've been trying to give other students an opportunity, and they've they've taken it personally. So, they're back here with us this morning. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. <laughs> My name is Gianna Falbo, and I'm a senior at Venice High School. And my name is Jaden, and I'm also a senior at Venice High School. They have ran the show for quite a while, and we know that they will get that mic to you in a very timely manner this morning, and they know the deal. Uh, I want to start with praises this morning. Who wants to give thanks and praise for something that has happened this week in their life, something that we want to celebrate and give praise together? Yes.
I want to give praise that we had the volunteers for the food pantry we needed this week. Uh, the need is so great, and Kathy was telling me that we used to do 90 to 120, and it was as high as 160 the one day. So I praise God that we're able to help these people. Yes, praise God for all of our volunteers in the food pantry and the ministry that they are able to do. Are there other praises that we would like to celebrate this morning? Any thanks or praise that we want to lift up? I would like to just personally give praise for our adult leader teams, for the adults that are continuing um, week in and week out to work in children's ministry during our 9 a.m. hour and also in student ministry during our 10 a.m. hour. They have been pouring into the lives of our students, and I know that our students are grateful, um, but our ministries uh, cannot happen without them. So I give thanks and praise for them um, this morning. Um, with that being said, let us uh, move into a time of prayer where we would like to lift up our prayers and those things that are heavy on our hearts this morning, and we will respond as a congregation, Lord, hear our prayers. I'm asking for continued prayers for my stepdaughter. Her name is Christina. She likes to be called Chris. She was diagnosed with bone cancer, and now she's got something going on in her lungs, and I fear it could be lung cancer as well. So if we could please remember Chris. Thank you. Yeah, we lift up Chris this morning and all those who are battling um, that tireless fight against cancer. Lord, hear our prayers. Are there others? I ask for prayers for um, my daughter's friend, Jackie. She's actually a friend of the whole family. She has uh, got out of remission for lymphoma cancer. She's 36, and she's going to have a second bone marrow transplant. But she feels very strongly God has got her in this. So well, praise we, God for that. We lift up Jackie and this bone marrow transplant. Lord, hear our prayers. Are there others? Um, prayers for our students this weekend as we go on our fall retreat and that we have a great time. Yes. Lord, hear our prayers. Are there any others? Um, I would just like to lift up uh, one of the football players that I work with. His uh, sister just had a brain tumor removed. Um, and they don't know if it's cancerous or not yet, so it's just prayers that it's not and that her brain um, heals quickly. Yes. Lord, hear our prayers. I'd just like to ask for continued prayers for my daughter, Jessica. Um, she was in the hospital this week with some heart issues, and she's come home, and we're still kind of working through what might be wrong with her. Yeah. Prayers for Jessica and hopefully some answers. Lord, Hear our prayers. Let us pray together. Lord, we give you thanks for all of the blessings that you've bestowed on us in our lives and in this community, God. So many of which goes uh, unthanked because they've become such norms in our life, Lord. But we lift those up to you uh, in thanksgiving this morning, God. But we also come to you with heavy hearts. 
Some with frustration, some with anger, some with sadness, some just desiring peace and comfort, Lord God. God, we ask that you just continue to walk with us, that you empower us, and that you pour into us, Lord God, that your hand of peace, your hand of comfort uh, be felt in our lives as we work to try to exemplify you in all that we do, Lord. God, may you give us the courage to speak up when we need to speak up, and may you give us a heart of silence when we may need to listen. God, we just ask that you continue to walk with us and show us in ways that we can be your kingdom to those around us and those we encounter, Lord. We ask all of these things in your Holy Son's name. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Olivia Mason, and I'm a freshman at Florida State University. Today's lesson comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your mother and father. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. Houses, brothers, and sisters, mothers, and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Welcome back, Olivia. Go Knowles. Chop, chop. Yeah, sorry I'm a little bit overdressed today. I had this tie I just wanted to wear today. It's a maize and blue. It's strangely the colors of the University of Michigan. I didn't even notice that. So <clears throat> thanks for being here to congratulate me on our undefeated season. Okay, let's turn to things more spiritual. Let's pray. 
Thanks, oh God, for uh, your love for us and your word for us. And we ask that by your grace we may hear your word and that we, in hearing your word, know how much you love us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Close to 200 years ago, a candidate for the ministry, a seminarian, named Charles Darwin, took great fascination in the world around him as the canvas through which God was revealing himself. His curiosity led him to a deeper and deeper observation of the natural world, culminating in a five-year voyage around the globe on a ship called the Beagle. And one of the questions that Mr. Darwin was most curious about was how the world became to be so beautifully diverse. We don't just have one kind of flower, we have a million kinds of flowers. We don't have just one bird, we have a million kinds of birds. We don't have just one animal, we have a million kinds of animals. And we don't just have one human, we have a million kinds of humans. And from all this, his intense observations from his countless stops across the globe, Mr. Darwin surmised that the great diversity of creation came about through a process called natural selection. That species arise and fall based upon their strength to survive and adapt to the environment around them. Survival of the fittest was a label given to Mr. Darwin's findings, that what we see in the world is the result of the survival of the fittest, that there's a reason why the dodo bird and the Tasmanian wolf and the dinosaurs no longer roamed the earth. They were unable to defend themselves against the forces of nature. They did not survive because they were not the strongest, the fittest. Now the truth is, people of faith greatly differ over the veracity of Mr. Darwin's findings and theory, and you will be glad to know that the sermon has no interest in sparking that debate. Except to say that one of the great contributions that people of faith offer to the conversation around the nature and destiny of creation is that when God created the heavens and the earth, and when God saw fit to create the birds of the air and the fish of the, of the sea and the plants and the creatures of the earth, what people of faith largely agree upon is that God created human beings in his own image. It's one of the truths from the first pages of the Bible, that, that human beings have been set apart to bear the image of God, that there is something different about us, in that we are the ones put on this planet to carry out the purposes of God, to tend the garden, to name the beast, to be in relationship with the Creator. This we can largely agree upon, at least I and thus, one of the great adventures of being human and being persons of faith is to understand what does that mean? What does it mean to be image bearers, especially in light of the fact that we human beings wrestle with our temptations around the philosophy of life of the survival of the fittest? Let's face it, from the very beginning, going all the way back to Cain and Abel, we human beings have been tempted to employ as a way of life Mr. Darwin's theory that it is the strongest to survive. The strongest survive, so you better be strong. That's why we have wars. That's why we have weapons. It's why we have graded communities. It's why we have security systems. It's why we have clubs and private schools. It's why we have grade point averages. It's why we have Cadillac healthcare plans. It's why we have sports. It's why I cried myself to sleep after the Dodgers beat the Cardinals with a walk-off home run on the bottom of the ninth inning. Oh. 
They are our own natural selection systems. Ironically, it is the survival of the fittest mentality that contributes so greatly to our stress, our anxiety, our worry, even to our worst behaviors. We ask, will I have enough? Will I come out on top? Will I be okay? Will my team win? Will my group come to power? These are the things that worry us and about which we can sometimes rage, over which we can sometimes lose our friends. So when Jesus preaches about the kingdom of God, as he does over and over and over again, it seems to be his way to get us back to this question that we too often distract ourselves from while we're busy surviving. And that is, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to bear the image of God? What does our world look like in contrast to that dog-eat-dog world around us? So it should come as no surprise that when Jesus teaches us about the kingdom of God, that it often comes to us with a great shock. It feels foreign. It feels alien. It feels like some kind of alien kingdom. It feels, frankly, like for us, it's out of the question. Which explains, I suppose, this conversation between Jesus and, as Mark calls him, the man with many possessions. The rich man, the wealthy man. In New Testament terms, a rich person is a person who holds on to more than he needs. So the rich man asks Jesus a deep question. A deep question. And the question is, what must I do to inherit eternal life? which is, I suppose is another way of asking, how do I carry out this image-bearing life? How do I live in the kingdom of God? How do I be human? A very profound and deep question. And after Jesus rattles off for him a list of the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not lie, you shall honor your mother and your father, this rich man is not content. He is not pleased with the answer. The answer is not deep enough for the question he's asked. How do I fully participate in the kingdom of God? How do I bear the image of God? How do I really be human? Give me the deep answer, he asks. Because there's a deep spot in me that needs to be answered. So answer me, Jesus. Take me out to the deep end. Do you remember the deep end when you were a kid? The deep end of the pool, the deep end of the lake, the deep end of the ocean. In my young days, I remember almost living at the St. Clair Shores public pool, which was only a block away from our house. The best $6 my mother ever spent was an annual pool pass for me. Get And for a long time, I hung out in the shallow end of the pool, first because I didn't know how to swim, but then second, I learned how to, when I, after I learned how to swim, I didn't like the idea of not having to touch bottom. Life is scary when you can't touch bottom. In the deep end, you don't have a bottom to touch. And I can remember the day when my dad walked me out onto the, out into the deep end of our local lake, Lake St. Clair, and he held onto my arms and he pulled me deeper and deeper and deeper. 
until the point where he knew that we were at that spot where I could no longer touch bottom, and he told me, okay, now I'm going to let you go, and you are going to be okay. And I said, no, you are not going to let me go, and no, I am not going to be okay. And I clenched his arms as tight as I could, but he pried my vice grips from his forearms, and he let me go. And I paddled, and I kicked, and I spittered, and I spattered, and I choked, and I swam. I swam. And it was amazing. And it was one of the many great things my father did for me. He caused me to let go in the deep end where you cannot touch bottom. And it was so much better than being in the shallow end. Oh, riskier, yes. More tiring, yes. Riptides, yes. Ah, but to float upon the sea and to be held up by the water and to stroke and to ride the waves and to sometimes dive off the high dive. Oh, life in the deep end was good. Which explains, I suppose, when the rich man wants to go deeper with Jesus, Mark tells us that Jesus looked at him and loved him. Loved him. He loved him for wanting to go deep. He loved him by then taking him into the deep. He loved him. Can you hear that? That when Jesus attempts to pull us into the deep end, that when Jesus attempts to teach us about the kingdom of God, that when Jesus attempts to show us what it looks like to be human, that the only way, it's the only way he knows to love us. That as much as we like touching bottom, as much as we don't like the idea of letting go, as much as we cannot be sure what will happen once we you know put our heads just just above the water on the only way Jesus knows to love us is still to take us into the deep so Jesus says to the rich man time to let go time to let go of what you have and the rich man says but I don't want to let go and Jesus says, but it's time to let go. Life will not be as good unless you let go. But, 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 but all these things, these, I love these things. I love my bank balance. I love my rainy day fun because those are the bottom. Those are the bottom I get to touch. That's the shallow end, Jesus. And Jesus says, but I thought you wanted the deep answer. I thought you wanted the deep end. So let go. Or life won't be so good. It will be risky, yes. It will be scary, yes. It will be uncertain, yes. But to float upon the grace of the one who loves you enough to take you into the deep end, oh, Jesus says, there's nothing better. But what if I don't survive? He asks. And Jesus says, You'll be okay. I feed the birds of the air. I clothe the lilies of the field. You'll be okay. And Mark tells us that the rich man was shocked. 
Later when Jesus told the disciples that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, Mark says that they were astounded, shocked and astounded. And when you're shocked and astounded, it usually means you've learned something about the world that you didn't thought really existed. It's usually because your presumptions have been challenged, that the way you thought life was supposed to be is not the way it's supposed to be. But that's what Jesus does. He shocks and astounds. By telling us to let go. Loving enough, loving us enough to tell us to let go. And it's not just that we have what we just have in our closets and bank accounts. Most certainly it includes that. But it is not limited to that because we have so many things we can let go of. Maybe it's our pride. We've all got some pride to let go of, don't we? Or maybe our hard-headed opinions. You know, we've got some of those, I suspect. Or maybe it's your anger. Life has not been fair. People have not been fair. The world's not been fair. And you're angry and you want to hold on to that anger like a security blanket. Or maybe it's your hurt. Someone who you love has hurt you. Or someone you've loved has hurt you. And you got this hurt, and, and you don't want to let go of the hurt, and you res- your resentment, you, you, you resent the inequity, or you resent not being paid attention to, you resent the callousness of people, you resent the indifference of others, and when Jesus says to forgive, you hate the idea of forgiving, because it's not that bottom of your grievance. Maybe it's your status, you've worked hard to get to a certain level, and you like the rank you've achieved, you like the attention you get, you like the shallow end of your security. And you hate the idea of giving it away. And besides, you say, isn't it the survival of the fittest? There's so much we could let go of. So Jesus loves us enough to pull us into the deep end and says, welcome to the deep. And the deep is where we love. The deep is where we let go And we go into the deep place of love. And love is risky and it's scary and it feels like there's no bottom to touch and you feel vulnerable and you wonder if the water's going to hold you up and you may not even be appreciated and you might even get hurt. But Jesus lets us free to give to the poor, to forgive the person who's hurt us, to swallow our pride, and to say that friendship is more important than being right, and we give our money away because we have what we need. And we spitter, and we spatter, and we choke, and we swim. And it's okay if the bottom is deep and we can't quite touch. It's okay because we're swimming We're floating on the grace and the love, and it's so much better than the safety of the shallows. Up where I used to live, a seven-year-old girl named Jennifer got sent a financial appeal from the local Salvation Army. Seven-year-old girl got sent a financial appeal from the Salvation Army. It was a mistake. You don't send seven-year-old financial appeals. Or maybe you do. Little Jennifer opened up the envelope because it was addressed to her. And she read that $5 will feed a hungry person. $5, she said. So she went to her little allowance bank and found she had $50. Well, shoot, I got 50 bucks. That'll feed 10 people. So she emptied it out, stuffed it in an envelope, sent it off. She said it made her feel happy. Family and friends heard the story, and another $5,000 followed. Maybe it's why Jesus said that 
It's the children are the ones who get the kingdom. It's the children are the ones who thread the eye of the needle. Are you shocked? Are you astounded? When Jesus tells you to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Or that right now you have as much chance to enter the kingdom of God as the camel has to enter the eye of a needle. Or that you must forgive 70 times 7. Or that you must love your enemy. Does that shock you and astound you? Do you feel yourself vice-gripping the forearms of Jesus as he pulls you into the deep? Do you feel terror as Jesus attempts to have you let go? If so, you may be closer to the kingdom of God than you think. For with God, all things are possible. Let us pray. Thank you, O oh God, that all things are possible. And we don't want to let go. We don't want to swim in the deep end. We want to bounce off the bottom. So we pray, O oh God, that through your impossible spirit, you will release our grip. You will have us let go. You will allow us the joy of love, the joy of grace, the joy of generosity. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen.
until you showed me my victory. I was bound and you set me free. Now I'm alive, I'm alive. This is what freedom feels like. 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 Feels like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what freedom feels like. Feels like. Give them a round of applause. Aren't they great? Let's pray. We are grateful for your freedom, the freedom to let go, O oh God, and we pray that you will help us to have the courage in you to know that what you ask us to do is the good thing, the thing that's best for us. Help us to trust that. Help us to experience the joy that you want for us. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.